We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the very next episode of the TNT College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Wilson. Hope everyone is doing well tonight. Um, Weekly show with my good friend Justin here. We're going to talk some Husky football. I know we're both excited. How are you doing, Justin? I'm doing very well after a Husky win. How about you, Bobby? Absolutely. I mean, Friday night was fantastic. Yeah, it really was. I mean, you know, like like I told you, you know, tailgating-wise, fan-wise, I wasn't too impressed. Uh, you know, this this team could, was 4-5 and five going in. You know, they could be, you know, they, they went 5-5. Five and five, But, you know, the turnout wasn't what I expected it to be. Well, hopefully chalk that up to it being on a Friday night. Hopefully that's the case. And then hopefully this Saturday it can, uh, the rent can be rocking. I'm really hoping. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of looking for, you know, 25,000 or plus. I mean, this team can go, you know, if, if, if they win the game, they can go to a bowl. I mean, this is huge and we got to get stand support. I mean, Fans got to go out, get get out there. I've seen tickets as low as five dollars a ticket. Um, it's they're they're you know UConn's really leaving this open to the fans, and I I really think that as long as we can get you know fans in the seats, we got to support this team. One hundred percent, man, and and you you can see on Twitter especially like a lot of the players and coaches are going on there and be like, hey. We got to pack the rent, got to pack it, got to pack it. And I mean, it's huge because what this game means, I mean, they're four and one at home this season with an opportunity coming up against, uh, well, they're ranked in the AP poll. We'll see if they, they should be ranked in the college football playoff poll coming out tomorrow. So should be playing against a ranked team. And this would be a ginormous victory, obviously. Oh yeah. This, this would probably be a really huge victory. I mean, uh, you know, last time that UConn won on the field uh, during the ranked opponent was uh, Houston, and uh, that was during the Diaco era, and that was a pretty awesome game. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's something that doesn't usually come around uh, for UConn, and now I think this is going to be a regular thing for us. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more, and I mean – we, we we can get to Liberty later on in the show, but we did see them. Uh, they're coming off a huge victory for them. They went to Arkansas, beat an SEC opponent on the road. Um, I think I think it's only human nature for them to have a little bit of a letdown coming into this game. Yeah, I know. And, and, you know, with UConn coming up and then another P5 uh, school coming up, yeah. I mean, I'm – I'm hoping that they're looking past us because this is the time that UConn needs to take advantage, and we can take advantage. And uh, I'm I'm really I'm really hoping that you know the 
the rain comes down and we just run the ball over the field. And, and for for our loyal listeners, don't let the rain deter you from going to the game, please. Yeah, no, please. Uh, you know, even if the rain comes down, I mean, have your ponchos out. I mean, it's it's still a great, you know, this this game is really something, you know, special to UConn right now. And we, we just need the support. Absolutely. Well, we can, let's focus on the UMass game a little bit here. Um, obviously, didn't start the way we kind of expected it to, but credit to UMass and their uh, offense and their young quarterback who, who actually in the first half looked pretty good. I mean, I got to give him credit. Um, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that too. Yeah, I mean, the first – you know, the, the first half, I mean, I I really did think that, you know, UMass came with a chip on the shoulder. And, you know, it, it I actually thought the whole game that it was just going to be a battle. And uh, it was it, it it was crazy. I mean, it, it was kind of a rivalry game. Rivalry game. I mean, uh, UMass, UConn, um, it's been going on for years. And, you know, it... It only took UConn to, to to get a huge run for a touchdown by Devonte Houston to open up the game. Man, he is fast. <laughs> yes, he is, and I, I actually his new nickname uh, nickname is uh, Houston. We got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. He is a problem for opposing defenses. That's for sure. Yes, he is, and you know, with Bruton out, with uh, Nate Carter out, I mean, I. He, he's so fast, and we just got to, you know, take advantage with him and with all the other running backs. Well, I know one thing that was, I guess, a little concerning in the first half was, again, an issue that we've run into in many games this year, but stalling in the red zone. Um, we had an opportunity. Um, they looked at, looked for Justin Jolie a couple times there in the red zone, and, and they were it was the right read, but they just didn't complete the pass. Uh, either time, but kind of stalled out in the red zone and had to settle for three points on a couple, or I, we missed one and then we made another. Um, so, so it was one of those situations in a, where you just got to punch it in. Well, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> kind of all year too. I mean, we had yeah. opportunities to punch it in and we had to go for field goals, but, you know, uh, it, in, in the next games, uh, we definitely need to work on that, and I'm pretty sure that the UConn staff will. And uh, it 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 really doesn't, you know, make me, you know, kind of scared. I mean, uh, UConn, I I believe that will be able to punch it in, and they're going to find, you know, ways to go and get a touchdown. But you know. Settling for a field goal too, it it, it kind of hurts because you know when you can push up the score a bit and you you know you just miss you either you know overread the pass or you just overthrow it. I mean it it, it kind of hurts. Absolutely, and I mean you you know it's something like you said that the staff's focusing on and looking at and everything, and that you know they're going to be working on it. I mean it's like earlier in the year when we were all kind of hesitant on the special teams unit. And now it's not an issue because you know, they've worked at it and it, it 
it's no problem at all anymore. So I think we can both agree going into this game against Liberty with the type of offense they have. I mean, we need to get seven, not three. Yeah, no, we, we have to match them. And the only way to match them is to, you know, to get seven on the board. I know uh, another thing that was a little surprising on our end was allowing that deep touchdown that UMass had, albeit it was a little bit of a fluky play. The DB got turned really weird, and it just kind of it was just a fluky situation. But still, they still connect on a deep touchdown there. And and I saw a stat that I was very that I didn't realize, but we didn't allow a passing touchdown in the month of October. So that was the first passing touchdown in a long time that we allowed. And that's that's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, you know, to, to UMass, I, I I give them credit. Um, you know, I I knew when they came in, it wasn't going to be an easy easy fight. But uh, you know, they they definitely had a nice play there, and you know, it defensive back. Yeah, they you know he kind of it was kind of fluky, but. <clears throat> We just can't let that happen right. in the uh, rest of the season. Absolutely. I mean, coming up against Liberty, we can't allow that to happen. It just can't happen. No. No, no it really can't. And Army, too. I mean, even even though, I mean, we all know Army is going to run the ball, and that's what they do. But even when they do the maybe two or three passes that they attempt in the game, I mean, we got to be ready for it. Yeah, it's um, especially looking at Army game too. Is uh, you know our linebackers have to be set, our safeties have to be set, and defensive backs have to be ready. And they like to pass the ball uh, down the middle of the field, um, even to the right hashtag. I mean, uh, you know, it. We're. I'm. I'm really hoping that you know they're they they'll be ready for that game too. And I don't want to look ahead to that too much, but I mean, I I think that's a game that we are in a good position because of our linebackers. Yeah, and it's it's kind of like a game where I believe the linebackers have a chance to blitz and get sacked, or even you know go out and get some interceptions. Absolutely. Speaking of our linebackers, uh, we have to continue to talk about. Jackson Mitchell, <clears throat> I I personally received my ballot to vote for the All-American team um, today, and I will be sure to have Jackson Mitchell on my ballot. Oh, yeah, Jackson Mitchell. I mean, he's he's been a beast. I mean, I I, I believe I saw a, uh, a thing on Twitter, too, where he's uh, second in uh, fumble recoveries. Yep. Which is huge. And, uh, you know, he's, he's still a leading tackler. And... This guy, I mean, I, I I can't say enough. I mean, if he's not an All-American, I don't know who is. 100%. I mean, he's second in the nation in tackles and second in the nation in fumble recoveries. I mean, what can't he do? I mean, he, there, there's been many games this year where he's been the guy getting getting a sack, he, interception, forcing fumbles, recovering fumbles, whatever it may be. I mean, he's everywhere. Yeah, and it, it – Exactly. Every game, I mean, you hear Jackson, 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 Jackson. I mean, it's, it's, it. You know, he, he's just a guy that loves the game, 
and you know I I could tell he's just a true leader I mean he's definitely a true leader of the whole team not just the defense but right. the whole team and and you know everybody looks up to him he's a heck of a guy to look up to like you said I mean you can just tell he's a leader I mean that's just just the way he carries himself um, and then the the way he plays on the field too I mean you're gonna follow your best player yeah and, and I really do think too that you know the way he plays he makes everybody else on the defense want to play you know hungry just like him which is you know he it's kind of contagious when one player is you know doing great the other players want to uh, also follow suit. <clears throat> Absolutely. And you've seen that with like Brandon Boyer, Randall, and Ian Swenson, and many other guys, I mean, that have just really stepped up and played really well. Yeah. I mean, even Trey Wortham. I mean, yeah. He's, he's having the year. He's having definitely a year. And, you know, he, he's doing a great job too. 100%. I mean, there's – you can go down the line – with a handful with some of these guys on defense. I mean, I know you've been excited about a lot of the different players on the defensive line and we've we've had multiple guys step up over the past couple of weeks and do some really good things. Yeah, I mean, you know, guys like Price Yates, you know, Dalmont Gordon, you know, e- e- even Jelani Stafford. I mean, they're just and all the rest of the guys that I missed. I mean, those guys the four down linemen, I mean they're doing a great job, and they're opening up plays for the linebackers, defensive backs, and they're containing like they should. And you know, it, it's it's something that we're not used to. I mean, we we were kind of used to a defense last year that you know when there was a lead, they kind of gave up. Well, this year when there was a lead, they don't give up. They haven't given up any time this season. I mean, you could basically look at it the past two games. You hold BC to three, and if it wasn't for that kind of fluky pass play there, I mean, they could have held UMass to three as well. I mean, the, this defense is playing at a extremely high level. Yeah, you, you can kind of tell, too, that, you know, Jim Mora and all the other defensive staff, I mean, they're, they just mesh well together, and they – they have plays where, you know, the players are comfortable with and they're, you know, they're, they're kind of psyched. I mean, when, when, when you see your coach all psyched and stuff like that, I mean, these players, it, it, it rubs off on them, which is, which is nice to see. Absolutely. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty fun just to watch the, the growth of the defense, but it's even, it's even more impressive when you think about like that this this team doesn't have a quote unquote defensive coordinator. It's it's all of the coaches coming together and making the right read and make and obviously obviously Jim Mora knows what he's doing. I mean, this is a guy who's done it at the highest level. Um, so when this went into place, he, you didn't question that anything was going to be that 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 there was going to be bad coaching because obviously you knew Jim Mora was going to handle it. But the way that it's come together, especially over these last hand, let's say the last month, I mean, it's been fantastic. Yeah, no, it, it, it definitely has. And, you know, when you have a defensive coordinator, everybody can blame him. But when something goes awry, 
you can blame all the other coaches. Mm-hmm. I actually think that all the coaches should mesh together to make you know, you know the plays and everything like that because it, it it's it's working. And maybe you know we don't go with the defensive coordinator next year. Maybe we just go with the same plan. I mean, it what, whatever works for UConn, you know, it, it I'm I'm definitely up for that. I am too. I mean, what's work? What's going on right now is working really, really well. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's nice too because you know your linebackers coach, your def- you know your uh, defensive line coach, defensive back coach. Um, they can all work together, which is which is great because in football, if you can't work together, you're not going to succeed. But we we could see that the right coaches are in place. And, you know, if they are in the right place, they will make the right plays. Absolutely. Let's, uh, let's, let's turn our focus to the offense, especially in the second half. I mean, obviously, I think we all could agree that we could have passed the ball a little bit better and a little bit more. But the running game was working so well that we just didn't need to. And when something's working, don't, don't change from it. And I think that, that – Nick Charlton and the players executed really well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, our it, it, you know, don't don't fix what's not broken. Right. And I mean, I I think that Victor Rosa too uh, came to play. I mean, he had two touchdowns for eighty-seven yards. I mean, he's he was he was you know really amazing. And Devonte Houston over eighty yards. I mean, it's. It's something like if if your running backs are getting that you know you know all, all those yards, why why do you have to pass? Right. I mean, I know you and I have said this a million times, but man, Victor Rosa is going to be really good. Oh yeah, I mean he's he's so good that you know he's a running back and he's also a great returner. I mean, even you know on on kickoffs, nobody wants to kick it to him because they know that. He might get 27 yards or more. I mean, the the kid, he's just a pure athlete. I mean, he he can run. Um, he's very fast. And I think that, you know, a lot of teams are kind of scared of him. I, I know I'm not the first person to say this, but he reminds me a lot of Christian McCaffrey. I mean, and, and I don't want to put that type of pressure on him because he just needs to be the ve- best version of himself. But I think as he grows and progresses and has a little bit more muscle and everything, I think he can be that type of special athlete. Well, no, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, you know, the more he develops and the more, um, you know, weight he puts on, you know, strength he puts on, I mean, I can see him playing like Christian McCaffrey. I mean, uh, you know, he, he's definitely going to be a threat either way, either deep or running or, you know, whatever. I mean, uh, like, you know, he only, only Victor Rosa can, can, can know what he, uh, definitely has in store for you Absolutely. And, and, and it has to be really cool for somebody like you and other people from Connecticut to have a local guy who is having the type of success that he's having. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's really great. I mean, you know, the past, you know, years, we we really haven't seen, you know, Connecticut players besides Jackson Mitchell. 
um, come in. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that the coaching staff wants to recruit in Connecticut because I have a, I, a, lot, a lot of the kids go to P5 programs and we miss out on them. But if UConn can open up that gateway, I mean, you, it, it, it's just going it, to it, it's just going to make UConn a better team. 100%. I mean, if you're a kid in Connecticut and you're seeing what Victor Rose is doing and Jackson Mitchell's doing, I mean, these are guys from where you're from and the success that they're having for your state school. I mean, why can't you do it too? That's the first thing that comes to my mind. And I think that that's going to be huge for recruiting. Right. And, you know, you can go to a state school, you can become a legend. I mean, you you can say you're from Connecticut, and the 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 pride that any player can can, can have uh, is to say that I played for my home state, which is just truly amazing. Absolutely, and I mean it. Just we we could go on and on about it. I mean, and we'll we'll let's go ahead since we're talking about recruiting a little bit, and and I don't think that this in particular uh, conversation has to do with recruiting, but I, I know that you've heard you, obviously we've all heard the remarks Jim Moore made um, um, last night, the day before, whenever it may have been, but dealing with uh, the university and the investments that need to be made. Uh, Justin, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree with Jim Moore. It's kind of like going to a job, you know, they say, hey, you're going to leave this department. And when you see it succeeding and they're not investing in that, I would question it too. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, Jim Mora, he, you know, with a 5-5 five and five record, he, he, you know, he could say that type of stuff because it's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, all Connecticut fans could say this. We haven't invested in UConn football and we haven't invested the money properly. And like I was saying is, uh, you know, I, I think the first steps to getting the good recruits is to see the commitment, um, to see some, you know, the, the state, you know, uh, fixing up Rensselaer Field, um, you know, maybe giving, you know, especially the assistant coaches or even co- coaching staff in general extensions. I mean, that's a huge commitment together and to show that you know honestly the state of Connecticut is with this UConn football program because we, we we've seen it I mean they they can succeed and with the right coaching staff with the right you know people in place it's it's definitely success and the way coach Moore is thinking about it too is yeah we could still we we can always be a six and sixteen, right? But don't we want to be an eight and fourteen, or even better than that? I mean, win ten games, twelve games, and I totally agree with them. I, I I think that you know, it's definitely up to the administration and the state to make the right decision. And you know, I'm I believe going into this hire too is that Jim Mora and uh, AD uh, David Benedict. Uh, know exactly what to do to build this program and I have total faith in them 
that I I couldn't agree with more with everything you just said. I mean, you, you know that AD Dave Benedict and Jim Mora they they we obviously have the most faith in them handling this situation, and I know that they're going to take care of business and do things the right way. And <clears throat> I can I can kind of speak from experience in this situation, um, being a former college head coach and being in a situation where the administration doesn't back you not you personally but the athletic programs the way that they should and the money isn't put in the way that it needs to be put in so when you go to recruit some of the better players and you're trying to get these players to come play for you and they walk into your your gym and you got I mean, speaking from personal experience, you got some holes in your floor or you walk in your locker room and it's dingy and musty and all this and that just because you don't have the investment from the institution. It it, it, it means everything for everybody to be invested. Everybody from the athletic side, of course, and from the institutional side. You have to all work together in this if you want to have the most success that you possibly can. Yeah, no, I, I I couldn't disagree with that. I mean, I, I totally agree. And, you know, football generates a lot of money. I mean, with this UConn program, I mean, they've, they've invested in their basketball programs. They invested in hockey, softball, baseball, soccer. But the one sport they really have to start investing in and invest in now while it's, you know, Strike it while it's hot. Right is uh, is football because football independent too. I mean, even if we stay independent, we go to bowl games. If whatever money we get from that bowl game, we don't have to split with any other conference, mm-hmm. and that's and that's huge right there. I mean, I'm sure that the football staff wants to go into a conference so they can you know get more media uh, money and everything like that. But right now, while you're independent, if you can go to bowls, you know, it, 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 it's straight money right there. And it's money that you just don't throw away It's to invest back into the program. It's almost like owning your own business. You know, when you make a profit, you got to put it back in the business. You know, some of it back in the business for it to thrive. Right, right, exactly. I mean, great analogy, but that's the truth. I mean... Like you said, if if they're able to make a bowl game here, they're, being independent in this case is huge because of the amount of money that they could get out of this. Yeah, it, and for for them to move, you know, basketball back into and basically all sports back in the Big East besides you, uh, football that's independent. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure they, you know, they see, hey, you know, we can actually make money in football and we don't have to split it at all and maybe this can go for you know maybe renovating the facilities because you know there there might be some things that need to be renovated and uh you know it's the the state promise that they're going to fix up Rensselaer field and i'm uh, and with coach moore saying this too he wants to keep everybody honest Mm mm-hmm that that's the key from this coming out i think i think he's just trying to keep everybody honest i don't think it's a threat i don't think there's anything behind 
behind it with him saying, well, if you guys don't do this, then I'm going to leave. I don't see that at all. I think it's him holding everyone accountable. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely saw another clip today, too, saying, you know, he said, well, we can just stay six and six. Mm-hmm. And when he said we, he's committed to this, you know, program. Right. And when a coach is committed like this, I mean, it it only says that, you know, we really should put money into this because, you know, with we were very lucky for Jim Moore to come to UConn and bring his assistants that are, you know, that could take a job any day now. I mean, because right. we're, we're at the end of the season now and, you know, teams are looking for coaches, offensive coordinators, whatever, and they can make more money. So we definitely have to do, you know, what what's right. And, you know, I, I, I believe the state and, uh, can, you know, UConn is going to make the right decision at the end. It might be in the off season, which it, it, it should be in the off season. It shouldn't be now. Right, right. Um, you know, off season is great to uh, discuss this type of stuff. Right, right. We we got business to take care of before then. <laughs> yes, and we, you know, we still have two games and everything like that. So, I I'm pretty sure they're looking into you know, you know, let's. Let, let, let's finish out the season and after we can talk business. Absolutely. Well, to conclude with UMass, though, I mean, I think we, we've both kind of said this already, but I, I, I respect them. I, I respect Coach Don Brown and what he's doing there. And they, they played hard. They really did. And, and I knew they would, but I really don't think they're as bad as what everybody says they are. I mean, we saw in the first half that offense did some things really well. I don't think the defense is as bad as they're giving credit for. And I mean, yeah, maybe it's because they played up for the rivalry game. But at the same time, I mean, I, I give, like I said, I give them a ton of credit. Yeah, and I, I, I really think too that you know UMass fans they they have the right coach. Yes. I mean, did he turn around like a Jim Moore? No, because he just didn't have you know the right pieces in place but give him time i mean this this guy the last you know presser that he was in after the post you know post game i mean he he almost broke down in tears i believe he did break down in tears because he loves this team so much and you know i i, I believe umass fans have to give him a chance because he will put frogs on the field but it, it it's going to take time i mean i'm i'm thinking probably you know couple of years two three years and you're gonna see something different out there right i mean and we and i don't mean this in a derogatory way when i say this but i mean he he, he took over a program with a bunch with a lot of fbs uh, fcs level talent and it's gonna take some time to replace that and get it to where it needs to be but he's the right man for the job for sure yeah, he definitely is. And one of the selling points, too, which nobody knows about, is that UMass is such a close-knit community, even in you know their, their own college, that these players can feel like they're at home. And I think that's huge for recruits coming in. And I'm, I'm thinking he's going to be you know, pulling in some, some pretty good talent and, you know, even even next year's class, you're you're going to see a difference. 
Absolutely. Well, you got anything else you want to hit on from the UMass game before we talk a little bit about Liberty? No, I think we actually hit everything. All right. Well, I'll I'll do a quick dive into Liberty real quick for our listeners. Uh, this is a team that is uh, a heck of a lot better than I think anybody saw coming this year. I think a lot of people saw when Malik Willis, their star quarterback, left. I think people thought there was going to be a big drop-off, but this Liberty team is 8-1, and one, and their one loss is to Wake Forest by one point. So, I mean, they've taken care of business, beat teams. Uh, th- there's been some times during the year where they've played down to the level of their competition, so um, we have that to look forward to. Um, potentially this this Saturday. Um, but this is a really good football team. I mean, the past two weeks, they beat BYU handily, 41-14. to 14, And then this past Saturday, they went to Arkansas and beat them. Uh, um, this is also looking at Liberty, and they've, they've played – they've had to play four different quarterbacks. I mean, their starting quarterback went down with an injury the first game of the season early – so they've had to play a handful of guys at quarterback that didn't expect that didn't expect to see the field at the beginning of the year. I mean, Jonathan Bennett, their leading quarterback right now, is probably a guy who uh, I would think Liberty fans didn't expect to see much action at all. I mean, he's got 11 touchdown passes. He does have eight interceptions. And I will say this is a team that has turned the ball over pretty fairly frequently. So I think this is something that the Huskies can take advantage of. I mean, they've thrown 13 interceptions on the season to 17 touchdown passes. And I mean, you could say that has a lot to do with potentially the amount of quarterbacks that they're playing. So there's something to look at there. Um, Their running back, uh, Dede Hunter, had one of the best games of the season for any running back when they played BYU. He had 23 carries for 213 yards and a touchdown. So this is a guy who can really do some things. He's got 850 yards rushing on the season. So, I mean, you look at it, a quarter of his rushing yards for the season were in one game. But at the same time, he has that capability um, to to really do some things. And then at the wide receiver position, um, Demario Douglas is definitely the number one guy. He's got 49 receptions for 760 yards and six touchdowns. The next closest guy on the team has 16 catches. So uh, Husky fans, we got to know where number three is at all times on the offensive side of the ball. And we have done well against teams that have had uh, one quote-unquote star receiver. Uh, we've seen that in the Fresno State and BC game, and we handled our business pretty well there. Um, in the Arkansas game, he had uh, seven catches. So, I mean, he he showed out against a, a Power 5 team, um, took care of business there. He had seven catches, seven out of the 15 receptions in that game. So, uh you can look at it like that. And then from the defensive perspective, um, they have a defensive end who who's done some really good things for them. Darrell Johnson, 
He has uh, seven sacks on the season this year. He had two against Arkansas. He was their leading tackler against Arkansas. So we got to know where number 11 is on the defensive line um, as he can uh, do some things there. But, Justin, kind of like what we already said um, going into this, we kind of there, – there's the potential for for Liberty to maybe – you're coming off a huge win against a huge P5 team on the road. Next week, they host Virginia Tech. So there's a potential for that sandwich uh, sleepwalk game, maybe. Yeah, and with the rain coming down and stuff, too, this is definitely you know a time to take advantage. <laughs> I mean, um, I, I, I still think if we're going to throw the ball uh, – Brian Turner is going to have to have a perfect game. And, you know, the running backs, too. And offensive line is just going to have to give, you know, give some time. And they have. I mean, they've done pretty well this year. Uh, defensive end, um, side of the ball. Uh, defensive backs really have to, you know, be aware. Uh, because it's going to rain, too, I think that, I would, I would actually like to see, you know, blitzes going in, and it, you, you got to pressure them. If you don't pressure them, they're just going to be wide open. Mm-hmm. I, this and is I, this is something you and I talked about uh, before we came on the air. But I, I like our running game a lot more than theirs. Yeah, no, I, I definitely like their run. I, I definitely like run. You know, offensive line definitely opened up some holes. Uh, if if we can get their defensive ends just kind of come inside a bit and trick them, I mean, we we could run outside. We could do whatever. You know, we could definitely mess with them. Absolutely. Well, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, you you've talked about the weather a little bit. Um, it'll be interesting to see kind of how that turns out. Um. But I, I think another thing that looking at Liberty's game last week and looking at how our defense has played over the last month, month and a half, I mean, Arkansas looked a bit disorganized and looked a bit uh, just not ready to play where, I mean, I, th- I think we all know that our defense is going to be ready to go. Yeah, no, I mean, all, pretty much, you know, the, I guess you can call it second half of the season. I mean, defense has just been brutal. And we just have to play our game. I mean, you know, we have to we have to play like the season's zero zero. And, you know, this game, no no matter what the outcome is and stuff like that, I mean defense uh, during the rainy game too, defense is like your number one key. <clears throat> Absolutely. I think I think this is a game that we looked at earlier in the season as like I don't know how close we can keep it, but looking at it now, I mean, this is a game we can win. Yeah, no, it's definitely a it, it, it it's definitely a winnable game. I mean, even if they're ranked, it's still winnable. Uh, we're just as good as them, and it's 
it's all up to the offense. I mean, the defense can only do so much, but the offense has to be on the field, run some clock, and just we we have to punch it in for seven. Yes, that that is the key. We have to get seven every time. We can't settle. <clears throat> well, Justin, before we get off the air, is there anything else you'd like to discuss? No, just let's go Huskies. Absolutely. Well, as always, everybody, we, Justin and I both appreciate the support that we've gotten doing this, doing this podcast every week. It's truly a blessing and we're so thankful, uh, for Husky nation and the support that you guys have given us. Um, Justin, go ahead and let the listeners know where they can follow you. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Hawkeye2A2 or on Instagram, JustinB860. And feel free to follow me personally at coach underscore B will, or obviously the podcast Twitter account at TNT college foot one. Again, thank you so much, everybody Uh, go Huskies and God bless.